show. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, October the 25th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and anytime you want to ask me a question, and we'll often respond to those on Fridays, email me at tombaker at brick.net. That's our new email address, tombaker at brick, B-R-I-C-K dot net. For Wednesday, we're going to be continuing with our study on Proverbs. We're looking at Proverbs chapter 27, beginning with verse 5. And it's dealing with family, friends, and other people. A lot of Proverbs deal with Solomon talking to his son about fools, namely unbelievers in the church. This is primarily the section we're looking at today, going to be dealing with the law, not the gospel. Now, as soon as I say that, you say, well, who wants to hear that? We want to hear the gospel. Well, there is a part of the law that you do need to hear. God has three uses of the law. We've talked about them at length. The first is for the government, and that is to put wicked people in their place by punishment, jail time, fines, etc. That's the first use of the law. The second use and third use are uses of the church, God gives the use of the church, the law, to accuse people of their sins. That was the task of John the baptizer. He was taking a person's vocation, like being that of a soldier, and saying, well, here are the things you can do as a soldier, but here are the things that you should not be doing as a soldier. And the second use of the law was accusing soldiers in the John the Baptist sermons of taking money and jewelry and property from people they had captured, etc., making them into slaves, etc. But there's a third use of the law, and that is simply one of information. Information from whom? Information from God as to how he desires us to behave. Now, that third use of the law is not heard by someone who isn't an unbeliever because, well, they may hear it in the sense of know what it is, like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, but... They can't do those things, namely not killing, not stealing. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Boy, Jesus says, you have broken the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, not only when you do violence against someone in putting them to death, but also when you speak 
against someone in a hateful way, or even when you have bad thoughts about others, and we can't help ourselves do that. So the third use of the law tells us how we are to behave, and it's part of the life of sanctification. Those who are not saved, in other words, those who don't have faith in Jesus Christ, can never get to the level of sanctification where they obey the law perfectly. Because perfect obeying of the law, this third use, occurs not only when you do something right, but when you have the right motivation. And the proper motivation is always your love for Jesus Christ. Like, you may be giving food to the hungry, but you may be doing it as a tax exemption, or it makes you look good in the eyes of others. You're you're always asking the question, What am I getting out of it? And that is what makes it a sin. So we're primarily taking a look at what is corrected behavior in contrast to misbehavior. Verse 5 of Proverbs 27 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Now, what does that mean? Open rebuke. Remember, Solomon is talking to his son. Open rebuke would be to make it clear that you feel what he is doing is wrong but you want to speak it out of love. You're doing it not because you don't want him as your son, not because you want to kick him out of the house, but you want to do it. Why? Because you want to show the love of Christ to him, and therefore you can do it in open rebuke, making it clear this is where you are wrong, This is how you need to be corrected, and we're doing that for your sakes. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Hidden love means that you would discipline or punish a child without giving any indication that while you're doing that, you're still loving them. And that is very obvious. There are children who run away from their parents as they get older because they are beaten or worse things, and they don't see any love from their parents, even when they're disciplined. Whereas other children learn that when they're disciplined, their parents are doing it with patience and with joy when the child begins to obey. That shows a loving parent. So better is open rebuke than hiding your love when you correct the child.
verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now, this really sounds contradictory because a wound sounds like something very negative. And yet faithful are wounds from a friend in contrast to many are the kisses of an enemy. An enemy kissing you? What is that talking about? Well, anytime we have a question like this, we go to Scripture, interpret Scripture. That's why you need a full-time pastor who knows the original languages of the Bible, Hebrew and Greek, sometimes Aramaic, to help you understand. What would be an example of the kisses of an enemy that occurred in the Bible? It's found in Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 47. While he was speaking, and this is Jesus speaking at the Garden of Gethsemane, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? In other words, a kiss would be kind of like our today's handshake. It would be a way of welcoming a stranger into your midst. And you don't handshake somebody and then turn around and hit them with your fist. That wouldn't make any sense any more than in Jesus' day you would kiss someone and then turn them over to the authorities as Jesus, as Judas did. So there is an example where what verse 6 says, many are the kisses of an enemy, and Judas would be one of those enemies. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, what friend would produce wounds in you? Well, number one, your parents. It's called discipline. And when you get disciplined, you may not like the experience, but your friends are doing it, your parents, because of their love for you. And can you imagine a parent not telling a child to stop from doing something and instead act it out within the church? No. The, the parent attempts to stop the child and therefore may discipline them, which is a wound. But that is a faithful parent that does it. Who is the friend that is most faithful when you are wounded? 
it's none other than Jesus Christ himself. I mean, all of us have gone through illnesses. Many of us have had to go to surgery uh, to work, say, on our hearts or other parts of the body, a broken bone or whatever. That's a wound. God never allows something like that to happen. And I can tell you from my own experience, the more wounded I am, the more I pray to Jesus. Because the more I see only in him the source of my comfort and salvation. So faithful are the wounds of a friend but many are the kisses of an enemy. And Judas was the example. Verse 7. One who is full loathes money. That means when you are filled from a dinner and somebody offers you a bowl full of honey, you may reject it because you are already full. But to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. That means if you're really, really hungry, if you're starving, wow, people will end up eating insects and things like that to fill their stomach. And there have been occasions when people are stuck on an island with no food and their friend dies and they become cannibals because they're so hungry. And even that bitter morsel is sweet. So what is this saying? that when you are full of your own thinking, then nothing will motivate you to act properly and do honey in front of God. You'll like to do honey, but only if it's the worst thing that could happen to you but you feel one of the best because you are so hungry. Verse 8. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Now, what does the word stray mean? It means to wander from. So we see little birds in nests, and they fall out of their nests prior to their ability to learn how to fly. And that will indeed lead to others betraying its own nest as one recognizes that a bird that wanders from its nest is one that probably is going to suffer. 
as a man who wanders from his home. And what is his home? His home in this context is the Holy Christian Church. So what God is saying, when a person wanders from the church, when they don't hear the word of God, when they're not feeding on God's word, guess what? They're straying from their home like a bird strays from its nest. Verse 9, oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Now, the word for perfume here is actually, in the Hebrew, referring to olive oil. People loved olive oil. In fact, at times, kings would be crowned with oil to show that they were of a higher nature than the rest of people. And it would make their heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend, that comes not from bad advice he gives us, but from his earnest advice. For example, to stay clear of trouble, etc. Verse 10. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your disaster. What does that mean? Well, in the context, we're going to learn that your brother doesn't live near you. He lives in a different city. And when things get hurtful, you don't have to run and see him. What he says at the end of verse 10, better is a neighbor who is near than one who is in haste. There are people who will leave their neighbor to go to their brother when their neighbor would be the best one to talk to. So once more, we look at Scripture. What is what enjoys God's Word, but Scripture? What nourishes us? It's always God's Word. Verse eleven. Be wise, my son. And make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. Now, when you see that word wise, immediately in the book of Proverbs, you are to think of the source of that wisdom, which is Jesus Christ. So Solomon is saying to his son, be wise, my son. Follow Jesus Christ and make my heart glad. Now, how will his heart be made glad? The next part answers it. That I may answer him 
who reproaches me, namely about you, my son. You could therefore be reproached because of the behavior of your son, but you know that your son has followed the wisdom of God. You may even bring it up at times that he comes with you to early church and receives the full blessing of the communion of Jesus Christ and his Father. That's really what makes not only Solomon joyous, but also what makes God the Father joyous. Verse 12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and search for it. When you are a brilliant person, you are a very thinking person. And when you reread this psalm or get it ready to be handed out, you can remember that passage that Jesus gives you. Behold my promise to you and to your children, and I will be most happy. I will be joyous. You have not forgotten all the good things that we as your parents have done for you. Verse 13. Take a man's garment when he has put up security for a stranger. Well, what does that mean? Well, when people lend money to individuals, then they may ask for something that they could have to make sure they'll be paid. This man has asked for the gentleman's garment. So this is saying that you must hold people to their promises, especially when borrowing money. And then it continues with, and hold it in pledge when he puts up security for an adulteress. Now that may sound strange, but there is no security given for an adulteress. And therefore, if he has security or a pledge, wow, it makes a difference. In chapter 6 of Proverbs, verse 1, it's talking about guaranteeing nothing for your children. And it would say, it's a guarantee from you that when you put up something for your debt, you will not be tripped over by your own words. Better yet, 
by the words of my mouth. So, in this passage, we've learned how to be faithful to our friends and how to our enemies. And that is by giving them a security to keep our promises. That's what God did. He made a promise to you that your sins would be forgiven. What security did he give to you? He gave you Christ on the cross. By his death on the cross, we heard the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And Jesus' words led to the forgiveness of all believers in Christ Jesus. And even the faith that you received was a faith received by the Holy Spirit. So you give God all the credit for bringing you into a right relationship, not only with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but also with your family, your friends, and your other people. Yes, there are those who say that the book of Proverbs is really hard to understand, that many a passage needs explanation, like faithful are the wounds of a friend, many are the kisses of an enemy. But they all become clear when you lose, use the distinctions between law and gospel, which we'll continue to be doing uh, tomorrow as we talk with Wes Reimnitz on an important subject. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.